Well, it's uh, good to be with you again as I'm going to be sharing the word and I'm excited today to just speak from my spirit. I don't have anything prepared, but I want to stick to the message that I've been busy with on oneness, the economy of grace. And I just want to share from my spirit, just go as I feel led to speak to you. And I just, I just want to try and get to a place where I can know that, that, that the message that I'm trying to bring across is coming through to you. And so I'm continuing this thing on the economy of grace. Once again, uh, economy has to do with the distribution, consumption. It has to do with the supply and demand. And it has to do with the administration of household affairs or goods or resources. And so what we are administrating in the household of God is grace. And so there is an economy in God's house and and what is being distributed and consumed is the grace of God. And as I said to you before, I do not want you to um, limit the grace of God only to your salvation in sense of, you know, I've given my life to Christ and I am now saved and one day I will, when I die, I will be with the Lord and I will return with Him one day in that sense, um, your justification. But I want you to see that the, the grace of God is so diverse, um, so various in its kinds, and how we can understand that as we, un- if, as we see that, we are better able to work with the grace of God in our lives because we can only be who we must be by the grace of God. And so I'm going to just get straight into it and let's go back to Acts chapter 4, verses 32. This has been uh, the, the scripture and the chapter that has launched us into this message of oneness. And um, in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Verses 33, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Uh, The Bible speaks about a great grace. I won't mention about all the other things but that we spoke about already, but great grace was upon them all. And the reason for the great grace was because of the agreement that they had established and how in that agreement the corporate prayer um, caused God to respond and answer them when they were in agreement and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. 5,000 plus people were all filled with the Holy Spirit again and obviously they had already been filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Here we come to Acts chapter 4, 5,000 people later And we find that again they're being filled with the Holy Spirit. There comes an impartation of grace, power, and many other other things. And as this oneness um, causes them to function in great grace, obviously the the effect of the grace of God upon them at that moment, upon each of them, had a profound effect upon their lives. And so when we see, the Bible says that great grace was upon them all, 
Verses 34 says, Neither was there any among them that lacked. And as I said to you before, that grace um, meets all our needs. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency for every good work. And so what any good work you want to do, whether it's spiritual or physical, God is able to make all grace. And so we see that when it talks about grace that was upon them all, it says that they began to distribute what they had. And the, 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 the workings of the grace of God upon our lives, it causes us to become givers. It causes us to be people that are free. The grace of God brings salvation, deliverance, freedom, freedom in our hearts, freedom from sin, freedom from the fear of lack. It produces this freedom. And when we walk in that freedom of the grace of God, we become distributors, givers, people who don't hold back when we understand what we have received. So for as many as were possessors of lands, of houses, sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made to every man according as he had need. And once again, you can see how this grace that was upon them all, it, it caused them to become givers and for them to sell what they have and distribute. Um, basically, the grace of God caused that there was no lack amongst any of them. And so the real key to, to stepping out of lack is to become a distributor, to become someone that gives. Now, I know sometimes uh, people say, you know, is it always about money? Unfortunately, the thing that most people want is money. So you have to become then a giver, uh, someone who's, who, who's not afraid to give, who's not afraid to lose and distributes what he has. But he has to distribute it in the way that God has distributed it unto you. He, how did he give it to you? He gave it to you freely. How should you give? You should give freely. How did God give to you? Cheerfully. How should you give? Cheerfully. Um, how did God give to you? He gave without expecting anything in return. How should you give? You should give in a way that you expect nothing in return from the person to whom you gave, uh, whatever you gave. And then when we give like that, it is, it is grace that we are giving. And I, and I, I can't um, help it, but I always have to go back to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, because this is just really the key to understanding 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If we don't grasp what is being said here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, now I've, I've repeated this chapter and this, these few verses, probably, this is probably the fourth, uh, if not the fifth time that I'm mentioning this, because just to give you a, another perspective or just another viewpoint of the same thing, it's like looking at a diamond and when you turn it, you see different colors and so on. It is just, uh, this is just the scripture that helps us to understand how God, uh, how grace can actually meet all our needs. Um, so as we read here, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints. So they were going to take up an offering for the saints. As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so 
do ye. Verse 2, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Verse 3, And when I come, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, them will I send to, to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. Just these three verses, when we understand what is being said here um, about the giving and what our giving is represents and how, how it becomes grace, when we understand this, then 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 should make even more sense to us because it's really it's as if it is a pin code to understand that chapter. Your understanding of grace in this context helps you to understand grace and what is being said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So what Paul is saying here that they're going to take up a collection and offering for the saints. Now uh, I have a phone here. Let's pretend that this is money and they're going to take up a collection, an offering. So this is my, if you from Namibia, then this is your Let's pretend this is my hundred uh, Namibian dollars. I have this and now we are going, I'm going to give this into the offering. So I give this into the offering. The collection is taken and this offering is meant for the saints that is not in Corinth, but that is in Jerusalem. And it doesn't matter for where necessary the geographical location. We are just talking here about the offering. And then Paul says that your offering, I will get somebody uh, whom you have chosen, uh, whom you find faithful, whom you know you can trust, because the distance, um, the distance that he has to travel, and there's no EFT, so you literally have to give your money into the hands of a person whom will travel with this money, and you have to trust him with that money and make sure that he doesn't run away with the money but actually delivers it to the people for whom we took up the offering. So now, now Paul says that person will carry or take your liberality unto Jerusalem. Now this hundred dollar Namibian dollars is now called liberality. The collection is now being called liberality. The Greek word for liberality means grace. It's the Greek word charis for grace. Whenever you talk about the grace, uh, by grace are you saved, that Greek word is charis. When it talks about the gift of grace, that word for grace is charis. And so right here he says, your hundred Namibian dollars in the hands of the one who's going to carry your offering is now seen as grace. And I wondered why the, why the writer or the, whoever was translating this from the Greek into the English, they would use the word liberality, which is one of its meanings for grace is liberality. I wondered why they would call it a liberality. But as the Holy Spirit opened up to me, I began to realize that liberality is speaking about the freedom in which the offering was given. When we can give freely, when we can give, you know, not, not being afraid of tomorrow. When we can give joyfully, not grudgingly, not out of necessity, 
but give it with that heart with which God gave you your salvation. Jesus paid the price and then he gave you freely what he had earned for you. You didn't have to earn it. All you needed to do was accept that gift by faith in Jesus Christ. And so the way God gave you your salvation was so free, so joyful, so with excitement, so looking forward to give. Couldn't wait for the opportunity to give you so that you could receive this salvation so freely. And it was grace that saved you. Now in the same manner, when you're offering your hundred Namibian dollars, becomes in such a way that when you gave it, when you distributed, it, it was with that heart of freedom in it. And there was no like the, the feeling of being manipulated to give or the feeling of I have to give. But you understanding that you want to give the way God gave to you. And so your hundred Namibian dollars in the hands of the person who's carrying it to Jerusalem, it, he's not just carrying a hundred Namibian dollars, he's carrying grace. This is what Paul said. Now you gotta, now you gotta just open your mind a little bit and realize that grace is now not just you having received your salvation, your justification, your redemption. Now grace is actually something physical that you have, that you possess, but because the way you've received it and the way you handle it, it is now you are working with grace. I think the key thing that you need to understand when we talk about an economy is that we are administrating. There is an administration. There's a stewardship. There's a, if I can use maybe a modern a term, um, management, right, of, of something that's in your hands, in your possession. And what you are managing or stewarding or administrating, distributing, it has to be grace. So it, the, this, this word of administrating grace, the economy of grace, it makes sense. It makes sense when we understand that something physical can become grace when it is given in the right spirit. When it is given in the spirit of generosity, when it is given freely, when what you give represents the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when it does that, it now no longer is just money, it's grace. So what is the person in Jerusalem going to receive? He is going to receive money, but at the same time grace. Why? Because the people who gave it, gave it freely liberally, out from their liberality, their freedom. And when we understand that, we now can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and really understand what Paul is trying to say in these chapters, these two chapters, chapter 8 and chapter 9. I'm going to read a scripture here in, in, verses, in verses 7, but right now we'll go just now to verses 1, but let me read verses 7. In, in verses 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul says this, Therefore, as you abound in everything, um, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Now, if we don't, if we don't see that even money in our hands when distributed is grace, then 
then this verse won't make sense. What is this grace that we must abound in? What is this grace that we must overflow in? What is this grace that we must increase in? What is this grace that must just be so um, rich and wealthy and overflow in that it, that it becomes such a blessing in our lives and in the lives of other people? What is this grace? This grace is the grace of giving. Giving financially what you have, giving what you possess, you must give to increase. Now Paul says, Paul says very plain and simply says, you are abounding in your faith. Your faith is growing. You know, you are able to trust God. You are able to take, take huge steps of faith. And when there was no money and there was nothing for you, there was no sign that it was going to work out. Your faith is growing. You pray for somebody and you, and you trust God for the healing and the healing comes. You are growing in your faith. You're going through many struggles and difficulties and you have to trust God that He will come through for you. And your faith is abounding. It's in increasing your ability to trust God. He says you are increasing in it. Then He says your utterance, your ability to speak the word, your ability to communicate the things of God to others. It's growing. It's increasing. Then he says you are also growing in your knowledge, your understanding of the word of God, your, your, your ability to comprehend the deep things and what God is trying to tell you in your knowledge and in your revelation of God's word. You are growing. It's amazing and, it, and, and, and it's wonderful. Then he says in all diligence um, and in your love to us, you are growing in your love. You are growing in your, your ability to lay down your life for others, to serve them with the love of God and so on. He says you are growing in all these things. But he says, I want you also to grow and abound in this grace. What grace? The grace of giving. You know, and I, I, another way that I call it, it says, the giving the gift of grace. So what, whatever you give, give, it must be as a gift to the other person and, and causes grace and allows them to receive grace. When you distribute, when you give, you're giving a gift. It must be as if it is a gift, unearned, undeserved. Don't have to work for it in the same way as your salvation. Now I've seen many people, uh, I've, uh, you know, in my time, I'm now 20 years with the Lord, and I've seen a lot of different things. I've met a lot of different people. I've met people in ministry. I've met people, I've met people who have faith to do miracles that, that, that I don't even walk in. And they, they have these abilities. I have met people who can prophesy accurately and say things that, that I am not even able to, to, to do in that way, but as they have that grace. And, and I've seen people grow in the knowledge and in the revelation and understanding and the ability to speak things and say things and, and you're amazed and you can see that they are growing. But I've met so many ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ who have the ability to articulate the word, have faith, um, do miracles, do healings, able to prophesy to people, do wonderful things and you can see that there is growth but in this one area of their lives there seems to be a lack. In this one area of their life there seems to be this shortcoming or 
Um, there's this clear evidence of there's always not enough money to do what they need to do or that they, 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 have, they have a lack in their lives physically, their needs are not being met, they sometimes have debts and things just hanging around them and they're unable, they're unable to overcome these things. But yet, when they stand on the pulpit, they can preach the word to you. When they stand at the pulpit, they can, they can tell you uh, they, can, they can flow with the Spirit. They can prophesy to people. They can even do healings. They can pray for the sick and they'll be healed. And then they'll go home and, they still, and then they struggle to, to, to pay their rent. Or they struggle to, to get food on the table. And their wives are becoming bitter and things like that. I've seen it so often. I've seen it so often. I've seen... I, uh, in my little bit that I travel, when I travel, I see people who are able to preach and do, and their church is growing, but yet in this one area, they are not abounding. They are not growing. Because if you are going to abound and have enough to meet your needs and, and to be able to become a giver, you have to apply the principles that are related to giving. And, and this is just, as long as you don't step into this area, we, we, can, we can think that when our churches grow, we'll have more money. That is not true. Your church can grow, but unless there's a knowledge of giving, you will not abound in this grace. And this is what Paul is trying to tell them. He's trying, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, he's trying to tell them how they can abound in this grace how they can come to a place where they overflow in the ability to give and to help and still meet all their needs. It is by distribution, giving. You need to apply the principles that are related to the area that you want to grow in. And unfortunately, if you want to come to a place where your needs are being met, it's not just a matter of you having faith and being able to preach and understanding different things. You can talk about intercession. You can talk about, you can talk about prayer. You can talk about healing. You can talk about raising the dead, casting out demons. You can talk about church structures and many things. And you can, you can talk about the original intent that God has for us. But unless you apply the principles that are related to your finances, you will not grow in that area. You will not abound because you're failing in this area. And so you may grow spiritually. You can. It's just amazing how you can grow in your knowledge of the word. I've seen it in my own life. I've grown in the understanding of God's word. I've grown in, in, in areas of faith, take, taking huge steps. But by the time I've taken the step, God has met all the needs. But by the time it's finished, I have nothing left over. I have nothing more to give. And I have to always work from the place that I do not have before I meet. But, I, but it has switched around to a place where now I am I'm able to give. I'm able to meet my needs. I'm able to do what I must do. And I still have left over in the area of finances. How is this possible? Because I'm abounding in this grace. I've come to understand what the scriptures are saying when it comes to your finances. This is the grace that Paul wants you to abound. Why? 
because your 100 Namibian dollars when given the right way is grace. And so Paul wants you to abound in this grace. He wants you to increase, overflow in this grace so that, so that all your needs are being met. I can tell you I have seen it many times, many, many, many times. And it's just amazing. And we all will come to a financial crisis, a financial difficulty. And you'll come to this place. Why? To force you to apply biblical principles related to this area. And the only way you're going to come out of that is if you are obedient to what the word says related to this area of your life. And this area that we are talking about is finances. I am not here to manipulate you to give, but I can tell you that in my own life, the only time, the time I started to increase was not because more people gave to me, was because I had increased my giving. My giving had increased. And so in my, the increase of my giving, I had abounded. I had overflowed. I, I had brought myself to a place where I was now overflowing. And the overflow is starting now. And now from the overflow, I can just take it so that it increases more and more and more and more. And this is what I'm trying to tell you, that there is this administration. What is in your hand? Administrate it. This hundred Namibian dollars, administrate your administration with this that is in your hands determines how um, the increase will come to you. How God will cause you to abound in this grace. So I leave you with this message. I, I have not yet moved on. I'm just trying to say it in a different way to, to get this message through to you. That you can see that what you possess comes from God. That what you have in your hands, that you must see it as grace. And then you must know that you are stewarding then the grace, of, the grace of God. And when you can see that, you will more appreciate what is in your hands and understand how you should give it, how you should distribute it and to make sure that it, that it does what it's supposed to do. But I leave you with that and I'll be back again to continue this message on oneness the economy of grace. God bless you.